Hi, everyone. Hey. Uh, we're back. We are back. <laughs> if you guys didn't check it out already, we did do a new episode um, that is, you know, coming out before this one, of course, but it was all about a book called Sacred Cow, which mm-hmm. if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. It's for anyone, whether you're a carnivore, uh, standard American diet, vegan, vegetarian, whatever. It is really all about the case for better meat. Yeah. Um, and kind of goes through a lot of different things <laughs> yeah. um, on that topic. So go check that out if you haven't already. That was a great episode. Um, so today we've got some bit of a catching up episode to do, I guess. How, how do you want to slice this this cake, Nicole? <laughs> well, I just want to let you know. So like <laughs> during different days, I kind of hold on to different things. And my quote of the day that I just like woke up and I thought... And I don't know, like no diss to Pamela Anderson. It's not about boobs, even though like I'm totally boobing out. Um, (laughs) Pregnancy, man, like it's one of the greatest things ever. Okay. (laughs) But I was thinking about Pamela Anderson and how she had a natural birth, right? And like my quote of the day, like my motivation is like, if Pam Anderson could have a natural birth, I can have a natural birth. Okay. That is my quote of the day. And that's what I'm sticking to today. Nice. So <laughs> I've, I've I've heard it, it is uh, dare I say what easier said than done, but uh, yeah. it, I think good good. I literally like here's the thing, I have a messed up back, right? Like I have two discs that rub mm. against each other, and the thought of having a needle this big go into my back and potentially mess up my nerves, and also epidurals have fentanyl in them, which people don't know about. Yeah, which is a a yikes but anyways the thought of having a needle like in my back and the potential of fucking up my back or messing up my back is motivating you basically is motivation enough That's i don't want that in my back like yeah. that it's just like uh no i can't do that mm-hmm. like i literally can't is what i'm saying mm-hmm. <laughs> um but anyways i just want to mention that um how, you feel, thing well, I, how are you feeling though like well, what's because i don't think we've spoken for a while like oh, so yeah how many weeks what what's the scenario are you still eating the carbs. Uh, God, I have an update for you on that. What's the update? Okay. So I'm almost 19 weeks. I'll be 19, or I guess by the time this comes out, I will be 19 weeks. Yep. Not much has changed. Um, we had to like cancel our last appointment because Taylor had COVID, right? Um, so that's been, I guess, a little unnerving is because you always do like a checkup of like urine, blood sample, you know, check the baby, make sure everything's okay. So now we're going on like a month and like since we haven't seen a doctor since like June 2nd mm-hmm. for the baby, which is like a really long time. Um, I feel like, cause you're supposed to go every four weeks. So that's the only thing that's a little nerve wracking. Like I've definitely had um, some more like stretching pain on my lower abdomen. Mm-hmm. And I did call my doctor cause I was like, Hey, like this is kind of aching. And he's like, welcome to pregnancy, you know? Like, <laughs> and I was probably, asking my friends. Yeah. He probably gets that call like all the time. He's just like, oh, gosh. Yeah. I felt bad. I like waited three days before I called him though. Cause I was like, oh, but like, okay. But oh my God. The morning sickness, right? Like the nausea feeling. It's not actually throwing up, it's just the nauseated feeling. Um, I threw away these prenatals because I found out that they were vegan. and that's like the one time I threw up was I took those um and there's just no absorption rate there's no difference in taking them and it's just such a freaking scam like I can just tell you right now like just such a scam 
vegan prenatals. Okay. Like you need some, like, where does the vitamin what, D come? Like, what makes I don't it, understand. What, so what makes it vegan? Is it, is it, there's is, no animal products in it. Like, and I'm like, I, if there's I, no, okay, well, like I'm saying, like, there's fish. so many ones that you only get from animals though. So how yeah. are you getting like the full thing like the, the full, full range of nutrients yeah that... if there's no animals in it like that makes zero sense yeah yeah and then they still tasted like fish so like riddle me that yeah yeah trust and, me and, me, and, and I mean, me and the real foodology the girl courtney swan we were like talking about this oh <laughs> because it's like what <laughs> and and i mean we, our last episode we were speaking about it like there's no ways that nutrients derived from plants there's no ways they are as bioavailable as animal-based products so how can you it, it should be legal to even market i know it to the point where you think that that's the case because it's not you know what i'm saying oh yeah and like organs are bad i understand like if you eat mass amount of liver right like you don't want to build up a vitamin a because you're mm. you're your body has a harder time breaking it down, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there's like a, literally like I take the minimum recommended dose while pregnant for vitamin A um, so that I'm not over, like, cause it just stores, like it gets stocked up. It's actually the same with alcohol and caffeine. Mm -hmm. um, like they'll get stocked up and they can be kind of potent. Um, and so I think baby, and infants are very uh, susceptible specifically to yeah. vitamin A uh, uh, intoxication. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, but I think it's also like the, just the buildup because you're mm. into your digestions off the way you're processing things slows down. So then it's just like sitting there mm. and it's not processing through your body as it normally would. Mm. So I think that's like the biggest danger to like alcohol and the vitamin A that, um, can like lead to issues, but it just weirds me out though, because I think of all the pregnant people in the history of the world who, ate organ meats on a regular basis and had healthy babies, you know, mm -hmm. before, like, so just like, I don't know, there's just weird things. And I've already told you this, like, there's just weird things that kind of freak me out um, because I've had to eat carbs still in the morning. So I still am, I'm hoping it goes away. It's not as bad, but like yesterday I tried to not eat anything, no carbs or anything in the morning. And then I started thinking about eggs and I was like, oh, I'm going to cook some eggs. And I was thinking about it. The more and more I'm even getting a little nauseous thinking about it right now. But <laughs> I thought about it more and more. And I literally, like, it made me, like, physically sick. Like, I did not feel well yeah. thinking about it. And I was like, oh, crap. Oh, and no. so then I had to, like, have, like, I just had, like, a piece of toast from, like, this organic, like, not sprouted, but what's the word? Just, like, organic bread, I guess. Or, uh, yeah, sour, like, like, I don't Sourdough or... And I don't even like sourdough that much. So I was like <laughs> laughing. Um, but my point to you is that I recently took a picture and I was in a bathing suit. And I actually like saw my leg and there was a dimple in my leg and like cellulite. I have never had cellulite in my entire life. Like sure, I've had stretch marks mm. um, or fat, of course. I've never had cellulite. So I was like freaking out and I was like texting my sister and I was like, holy shit. I was like, I sent her a picture and she goes, those aren't your legs. And I was like, Michelle, those are my legs. Like, those are my actual freaking legs. I was like, what is happening? Like, I kind of had like a, because like, it was so weird. I was like, is it from the carbs? 
because mm. the carbs are just being processed into that. And she goes, it looks like it's like, and maybe it's pregnancy. So just like, hold on. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, if it's carbs, like I'm just, I'm done. I'd rather, I'd rather throw up than like have my legs, my legs. So right now my legs do not look like my legs. Mm. So I was looking it up, researching like pregnancy, cellulite, like what, what's the deal? Because that's a really weird thing to happen. Um, and they were just saying how like your body won't process as well. So it'll like glob on things like it will hold on like almost like fat deposits, which is like cellulite um, in certain areas. And I was like, oh oh I was like, so is this why I always see pregnant women in midi dresses, like dresses below their knees? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you yeah. never see a pregnant woman wearing short shorts, you know, and I like live in short shorts and bathing suits. You always see them with like their dress like right below their knee kind mm -hmm. of you know like mm -hmm. which looks super cute but like I'm like what so people are just hiding their cellulite <laughs> when they're pregnant and now I'm like so anyways I suppose um, your body uh, your body's going through like drastic changes it's like to I think it, it must be difficult for you I know we've spoken about like you know body dysmorphia and yeah. the situations that we've dealt with so again, it must be very difficult, but yeah, it, it seems like your body knows what it's doing and maybe that's just something that happens. I mean, I'm not an expert in carnival pregnancies, so don't ask me, yeah. but yeah. I, I don't, honestly, I don't know, but I do think that if you're eating carbs and you're pregnant, just a heads up, your body's probably going to glob onto those and that's going to turn into fat. Like, so I just am really excited. How many grams do you think you're eating a day if you had to guess or if <sighs> you've counted? Just so it's probably like interest. one or two. Let's say, for example, it's like one or two slices of just like toast. Mm. I'd probably say it's about like 40 grams, 40 to 50 grams of carbs, okay. right? Um, Per day of carbs. And again, like that's not a lot. But remember, like if you're starting first thing in the morning, it's like the worst thing that exactly. you can do. Yeah, you know what I mean? We've spoken like, about, yeah, exactly. Because usually if you're going to have your carbs, yeah. save them for the evening or after exactly. you've trained. So exactly, so, yeah. And I'm still, listen, I'm still weightlifting four to five times a week. Like that has not slowed down at all, just maybe doing abs. Mm -hmm. But the weird thing is like the cellulite in other places isn't there. Like mm -hmm. my abs, my like back, my arms, like it's just literally like, back of my legs <laughs> so That's i like it's not happening everywhere it's just happening in like <laughs> one spot so i'm like damn i had to buy like longer shorts or like but um yeah i, I definitely think it's the pregnancy but mm -hmm. i do think that having carbs first thing in the morning i don't recommend to everyone because it really messes with how you're like starting and going into your day mm -hmm. you know um, but yeah, I still, I still weight lift and I still work out like normal. Are you still having, like, are you still having the honey? That's, that's what I would ask. Yeah. You. Okay. Yeah. Do you okay, not think so the honey maybe the honey, now... maybe the honey's causing it? I don't know. Just, mm. just not, no, don't, don't think so. Uh, no, the amount that I use, like, I would say like it's less than a tablespoon. Okay. Um, of honey and like, it, it makes me feel like it's like, I don't know why, but you know, like you can sense that it's like carbs or like you can just sense that mm. it's something mm. that's like how I feel. Like I'm very like convinced at this point that once I stop eating carbs and go back to my normal carnivore, like it'll go yeah. away. Yeah. 
and carbs uh, that includes honey though like everything you're like basically. i just want to let you know <laughs> like <laughs> no well, honey you never, is a carb <laughs> you never know i mean animal based uh so people people are, but but yeah like you said yeah. i think it, it's a temporary thing and once once you get back on track it'll be pretty easy you know you, you know how yeah. to do it from here on out yeah totally and i think i've also like i don't know people are really weird about people gaining weight or losing weight like i had a girl Hmm. um who was like are you gaining enough like she kept making comments to me that i wasn't gaining enough that? that i wasn't gaining enough oh weight God. do you know what i mean like she would make comments to me it was like some pregnancy page and she was like oh like i'm sure you'll gain more weight soon like i'll be thinking about you and i'm like the f i'm like what the f get the fuck out of here <laughs> like i don't like i like my weight, you know, like I'm only supposed to gain 20 pounds. So if I gain like eight pounds per mm. like, um, per the three trimesters, mm. then like I'll be almost at 30 pounds, which is over. So like, mm. I think people were weirded out that I only gained like five pounds but during also, like my who, first trimester. Who and I'm like, to, exactly. Who are you to, I think when I, I was actually looking at a photo of me from 2019 when I got really sick and I and lost skinny? and I got skinny it's a scary photo it's a photo I'm gonna send it to you it's a photo of me sitting Please on a chair and my arm has got no muscle my legs are skinny I literally thought I had like AIDS or something back then I was just freaked out wait please send me this picture <laughs> I'll send it to you. but people people didn't make it easy for me because I'd always been chubby. I'd always been fat, but then I lost all that weight and I got really sick. And then people used to come up to me and say, Hey, like what happened? Did you, did you eat a tapeworm or, um, like, and it didn't make me feel very good. Even though I've no. always wanted to be skinny and have abs, I felt, I feel like the worst thing you can tell the worst thing you can sort of, especially people that have struggled with, food addiction or dysmorphia the worst thing you can do is just comment on their appearance especially their weight yeah. like that is not a very uh transformational way of going about things like if you go to somebody totally. and say hey you wow you look like you've put on weights or you you don't the, my point is you don't know what that person has gone through and what that might trigger in them so yeah, I think it's a very similar thing. It's like you, you just got to be careful about how you comment on people's appearance because it, to some people it means a lot. Everything. And it certainly affected yeah. me. I felt I felt ashamed. I was like, shit, like I, I'm losing all this weight. Like what's wrong with me? And it was a yeah. terrible feeling. I didn't enjoy it. So, yeah. And it's just so funny because I'm like, dude, like I'm not super skinny. So like when people were like saying that comment, I was like, send the send photo of your send a photo of your cellulites yeah. and just be like, look, look. <laughs> no, yeah, that's like what I was thinking because I was like, dude, like someone's trying to shame me for not gaining enough weight, and I'm like, I'm like very like, like yeah. I'm definitely a filled out healthy woman. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not like skin and bones or like do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so I was like laughing. It just made me laugh. And I was like, I was like, Hey girl, maybe you want to stop making comments on like how much weight I'm gaining, like when yeah. I'm pregnant and how I'm not gaining enough. And I literally sent her a graph of like recommended weight gain on like BMI. <laughs> you, and I was like, maybe your, you should your educate yourself. 
<laughs> no, I know. I was like, maybe you should educate yourself on like what the weight gain is for each people. Cause like, then it's like the next time, but people were just freaking out. Cause like my stomach wasn't showing yet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, like my mom didn't show till she was like eight months. Yeah. Like it's not like everyone's you guys, everyone should know. But I do think it's like so weird that like people want to comment on people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Like that's none of your business. And like, it's also like, why why say something it's not your life and make like, it seem like your body like, oh shame i'm sure you will get gain weight soon it's yes. like saying you've got a it's like a passive way of saying you got a problem oh my basically. god it was like, so passive aggressive oh, it was like oh you'll gain weight soon and i was like yeah you keep repeating that like i'm not really worried about gaining weight like i got plenty of fat i got plenty of you know muscle yeah. going. Like, I'm, I'm okay <laughs> but i just think it's so funny because i've had a lot of people tell me too like um, like from their pregnant, I have two friends who, uh, were very similar in their pregnancies. They worked out the whole time. ate like normal didn't like give in and like gain 60 pounds and they're pregnant again, nothing wrong with that, but they were on like the side where they gained like 20, 25 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, which is fine. You know, mm-hmm. that's also, it's still healthy. And, um, they just said that like, people would not stop commenting that type of stuff, like yeah. those passive aggressive type things where it's like, Oh, I'm sure you'll gain more soon. Like, don't worry. Is the baby getting enough nutrients? And it's like, oh my God, like you're doing the same exact thing that like, you don't want to fat shame fat people. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like you're literally anyways. So it's just so funny. And like the pregnancy community, I guess, like it was like opening my eyes. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. (laughs) Like you, you want to shame me for not gaining 60 pounds? Like what? And it's like, I still got two trimesters to go. You don't know what the hell is going to happen, you know? So I just think, just know that like, there's a lot of women who don't gain a lot of weight and they do get that like shame on the other end of like not gaining enough weight mm-hmm. when it's perfectly healthy. It's perfectly normal. Like, yeah, And your body, uh, I still think your body knows what it's doing for the most yeah. part. So if you give it the right nutrients, even if you don't, your baby will still probably end up okay. Like my mom was anorexic know, she right? smoked she drank she didn't know she was pregnant and i somehow turned out like decent you turned okay. out beautiful thank you Perfect. so much <laughs> so again your body it, it really has wisdom and it knows what it's doing so just trust it and yeah yeah there was one thing that did come up and i do want to talk about there's one other thing that i really want to get into which has to do with the country that you're currently in mm. but one thing that i did want to tell you is that um there is like well I think we may have talked about this in the last one but like you're very calm and like very even keel when you're pregnant and it's almost like a defense or like survival mechanism Mm -hmm. just as the baby will take what it needs first and then the rest goes to you and then also like when it's over you just have to supplement like 200 calories extra a day as well but um I mean, like just eating 200 calories more per day, that's not a lot. And then all the nutrients first go to the baby and then they go to you. So people can like relax about that, but you have also have like this hormone that's just like consistent. Like you're not Mm -hmm. doing the up and down of like having your period, you know? So like you literally are like so calm. And I think it's just like part of the DNA in our bodies when we're pregnant to like not be stressed or like panic or like... Mm -hmm go through a lot of different emotions you're just very like because I, I would Im- I, I would imagine that the the stress and sort of 
impact of that has an effect on the on the fetus at the end of the day because if you if you can't constantly stressed or worried or you've got to think that's got to affect your baby in some way shape or form so it really pays you to do everything in your power to remain calm and you know enjoy it and uh you yeah know, eat well self-love self-care and things like that and yeah I'm sure I know that the movies, the movies are all like, <laughs> the movies are out of their mind when they make pregnancy movies. Like every birth is awful, you know, like um, you're like crazy, like punching your husband when you're pregnant because your hormones are crazy. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, this is like the one time your hormones are normal. So it just, it's yeah. really funny. But basically everything you've ever heard, like until you get pregnant, you're like, oh, that was like mm -hmm. BS. But um, I definitely stand my own, though, I will say. Like, when me and Taylor get in an argument when I'm pregnant, <laughs> I definitely, because I'm not, like, emotional about things, like, if I feel a certain way in terms of, like, logically, like, I definitely, like, stick to my guns on, like, yeah. what I'm talking about, which was very interesting because normally I just wouldn't care. And I'd be like, oh, whatever. <laughs> but, like, for some reason when I'm pregnant, I'm like, no, that's actually how it is. <laughs> like, why? What? Wait, what are you saying? No, that's not. No. It's not, no, no, <laughs> like it's really weird. So that's one thing oh, anyway, gosh. but enough about me. It's like same, same stuff. I'm doing really well. Nothing's really changed that much. Um, what I want to talk about today, and this is a super hot topic um, that's happening right now in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Taylor keeps reminding me how happy he is that we're no longer there because of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, you know, in a way I agree because it makes me nervous. Um, so Josh, do you want to tell us a little bit about, so people can have backstory of what's happening with the Netherlands, mm. um, the farmers and what the government is trying to do to the farmers and all of that good stuff, just so mm. we can get into it. Yeah. So, I mean, basically what's happening is they are, there's this widespread propaganda that's hitting the EU and specifically it's hitting Netherlands the most where farmers have to reduce their livestock numbers by a certain percentage by 2020 by 2030 in order to keep with the uh in order to keep with the suggested greenhouse gas emissions uh target that they've set themselves their climate uh, pledge their, so their, their climate pledge yes and this is this is heavily influenced uh support listen I'm, I'm gonna put this out there straight away i'm i'm not into politics i don't know much about it i I pay for my sins, so to speak, sometimes. So I'll go on Twitter and I'll read news and I'll go into the... But in general, I try and stay away from it. But this this is very close to my heart and st stuff that I care about. So that's why I've taken more of an interest than usual in actually going into it. But the president or prime minister of the Netherlands, Mark Roots, I don't know how to say his name. There's, he's basically heavily involved with the World Economic Forum, who are, again getting this whole propaganda message through about cutting emissions. It's all the cattle or all the problem, things like that. So essentially what has happened is farmers have decided to take things into their own hands and they've uh, started protesting around the country, driving their tractors, uh, blocking off warehousing for big uh, supermarkets like Albert Hein and Yumbo. So I actually, I actually felt the wrath of that a bit because the other day I couldn't get a lot of my groceries because the- I was gonna ask you about yeah, that. Yeah. Literally like 
I felt affected, but I felt happy at the same time. I'm like, wow, if, if they're creating this wave, that means that there's something there, like there's something happening. But essentially, it's- Wait, hold on. I wanted to give one context <clears throat> yeah. piece to people just so they know as well. Um, the Netherlands is one of the largest meat exporter in Europe. Yeah. So I just want to mention that as well, that yeah. this has been kind of an ongoing thing and that, you know, there are farmers, people think that farmers, oh, they're making so much money. But at the end of the day, like you have to remember that like a lot of farmers just because of the shortages and everything in the world are also, and the inflation, of course, that you've mm -hmm. seen around the world, like they are hurting. Yeah. So to have this climate pledge and this enforcement on top of farmers and ranchers and everything already hurting mm -hmm. is just a huge blow, I would say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good continue. Point. No, it's a good, it's, it's a good point. And the, my biggest thing is, is that why are they not? Um, okay. I know why it's called politics. So I'm not even going to try and be logical here, but Follow the, the money. thing is, it's like, <laughs> the the solution is in front of you it, it's people it's the farmers themselves that have the solutions to a lot of the problems out there and why not look at like what the what are we importing in netherlands like that's going to be causing far more greenhouse gas emissions than anything that a cow produces so it's nuts to think that uh the the the, the freshly the freshly ground uh, Netherlands beef is causing more harm than the imported tropical banana from Brazil, which flew 2000 million miles to get you on a freaking uh, plane or a ship or something. It's nuts. It's so silly. Um, and again, it's, it's a prop it's propaganda. It, it's, it's driven by the basic um, narrative that beef are causing more harm than they, they are the biggest threats to our climate change, to climate change right now, basically. that That's the narrative. It's like, just blanket statement, beef is the biggest threat. And Netherlands, what does Netherlands do? Netherlands is known as being one of the largest meat exporters in Europe. So we need to change that. And it, it could ruin them. If, if, if they even do that, it just could honestly ruin them. That's just so silly. Europe yeah. As well. Like, so, so I have silly. a question for you. Why haven't they thought, and I mean, I know about all, so as much as I don't want to say this, the greenwashing agenda, the agenda into doing this, there's always that side of things saying, oh, we have this plant-based alternative. We're going to be pushing these plant-based things. You can get everything you need from plant. And there's these huge corporations behind this plant-driven agenda of just getting rid of beef, right? Because they want to make more money. Bill Gates, <laughs> at the end of the day, is involved in this, of course, somehow. Um, but it's just, it's basically like, it's just very hypocritical. And there's, there's always, in these big agenda items like this, you always have to follow the money, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just be like, oh, this huge, this huge initiative is happening and it's for the greater good of the world. No, dude, you got to open your eyes. People want to make money. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I think I've spoken about this. I spoke to a farmer in South Africa, farmer Angus, who owns a regenerative farm. He told me shelf life is everything. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think there is money in regenerative farms that provide fresh meat that goes expired every two weeks? No. Nope. There's only money in little packaged bullshit fucking cereals that last for four, five years, six years yep. on the shelf before they even show any signs of giving up. Everything gets traced back to, like you said, follow the money and shelf life. I, I've come to the conclusion that shelf life is a reverse proxy for lifespan. So what I mean by this is that if you want to live, <laughs> if you want to live a long time, look at the product you're buying and the longer the shelf life, the shorter you're going to die. The shorter oh the God, shelf, so true. the shorter the shelf life, yeah. the longer you're going to live. So it's a oh, reverse, it's a reverse proxy for, um, lifespan that's that's my two we cents. always and we always i will say we always say too like check the expiration date like if you're buying something even if you don't know what ingredients mean yeah. if you look at the back of something and it's gonna be like you know like in a year in two years you're kind of like hmm. dude like i don't know what those ingredients are doing because i don't know ingredients well you can always look them up but like probably not going to be good for me you know like you want things that are going to expire like those are things that are alive those are things that have mm. nutrients in them mm. that are going to like bring you but my question sorry I meant to bring up the other second ago but my question is instead of exporting right because if you're exporting a lot of your meat like they do in the Netherlands why wouldn't they look to keeping their and I know this will impact the other countries but they'll probably just end up upping their production in in meat or different livestock why don't they just keep it in the netherlands like why don't they like i'm i'm just curious why they wouldn't make a law that says you can only export so much amount of beef like the rest has to be used and we're actually going to be starting to use more dutch based meat dutch you know dutch based stuff um versus getting it from elsewhere because if you were saying if they're exporting beef from ireland which we've seen in, in South America, that's a lot of emissions, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. If you're then, or sorry, if you're importing yeah. beef from yeah. Ireland and Peru and South America, that's a lot of emissions. They have to go on a plane. They have to go mm -hmm. to a plant. They have to do all this shit. But also like if you're then exporting to all these other countries, mm -hmm. you're like what you have made it's also like a huge amount of emissions. So yeah, like, well, why? It has to be refrigerated. Yeah, it has to be refrigerated. Yeah. And it, uh, that's, that is the question. It, why it, are they it's, it's consumer, it's consumerism, actually. That's a, that's a probably a separate issue itself, but it is, it's consumerism. It's exotic. It's the exotic nature of eating a New, Ze New Zealand lamb or Australian beef or so. It's like, I mean, South Africa exports most of its, its fruits and vegetables and we import, which is nuts. We yeah, import, I know, which is crazy. It's one of the most, because you have everything because we've got the most amazing products there, but we export it all because that's where the money's made. So that's a world problem. Basically it's a world like it's problem, a world but economic I think it's thing. proliferated by with Netherlands because Netherlands is so freaking good at logistics. You know, the Dutch, the Dutch are yeah. like logistics and exporting it's one of the best it's one of it's one of the it's one of the best operations in the world in terms of efficiency that's why most mm -hmm. headquarters are here now because if you've got a product to sell and you want to get it across the world netherlands is the place that's going to happen because of how good yeah. the logistics are here 
so, so yeah, basically yeah. though <clears throat> if they're not even looking into that as an actual option which would actually cut emissions you have to then think this is not about emissions no no and it's not it's no. about making money it's about those people that are trying to make those policies to help them put more money in yeah. their pockets and virtue and virtue signaling at the end of the day it's, it's like it's yeah. it's, it's kind of like saying if we don't do this, we're going to be seen as a country that doesn't care about the environment. No, bullshit. Like, I actually have more respect for countries that stand their ground and sort of think about things a bit before they do anything and rush and do anything. Kind of like when Sweden, when the pandemic started, and I think Sweden might be Sweden or I don't know. But I think it was Denmark, right? maybe. Den- oh, it was, yeah. Sweden. it was Sweden. I think, yeah. And they sort of just left things... They, they didn't they didn't panic they were just observing and yeah they, they found out that hey it didn't really affect anything so why must we kind of like that you know it, it seems like netherlands is wanting to be the first movers in this charge now with the with they, they really want to make a statement now yeah and but the, but the farmers luckily so back to the farmers have yeah. said fuck that like 2030 that's what that's eight years time no that that's that's going to completely ruin and again the with economy. inflation they can barely yeah. afford to keep their farms afloat exactly and 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 that's what again we've spoken about this but that's what's so so important that if you can do it if you can afford it try your best to support the local farmers via yeah. service where they get it delivered um, I recently released a video on my YouTube channel, uh, from the place that I get, if you want to go watch that, it doesn't have to be that place though. It can be any place because your support, your direct support is going to do far more for them than any, you know, than going to Yumbo or Albert Hein because then they don't get the compensation that they deserve actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lack of, um, it's like, well, we talk about this voting with your mouth, right? Mm. Like I love it. I love you that. get to determine. Yeah. Like you get to determine where your money is going to go. You know, if you can shop local and support locally, I think that's great. You know, if you're continuing to buy your beef from South America and you live in Holland, right? Like that's going to be like, I don't know what good, all we're saying is we don't know what good that's doing mm. when you could literally just go to the local grocery store and get something that is from where you're actually from mm. um, or going to like a local farm. But I do think though, like I've just seen so much come out because I still follow so many people from Amsterdam because I used to live there. And I remember going to lunch and sitting down having lunch in our cafeteria with people and I would be the only one eating meat. Mm. And like a meat, di- even it was just like a like a piece of like chicken or something. And then like with other things, and like everyone else would have the vegan option, like the the pea protein burger or something, you know, or like the pasta or what I don't know. But my point is that they would look at me, like one of them found out I was carnivore and like literally had like so many questions. And they're like, I'm just doing my part, you know, I'm doing my part for the environment. And I would like then be like, so Well, you know, I. like like for the <laughs> so environment, I. I was like. I, so I would always ask, I was like, is this a moral thing? Like you just don't want to kill animals. And I would like set them up. <laughs> and yeah. Then like, I would be like, oh, well, it's so funny. You know what happens when you're like farming monocrops? Like, you know how many like animals die? But anyways, the point is, is that these farmers are being now shed in a light that's very negative. Like it's being shed that mm. these farmers are the issue because of course 
the news and everything is on that greenwashing side of the narrative. Mm -hmm. So I do feel really bad for the farmers because now they're being shown in a light where like they're literally just standing up for what's what's right, what they believe in, and it's not fair what's happening yeah. to them. Um, but and, and the, yeah. the 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 police took it overboard. They shot bullets yeah. at yeah young people and like. Okay, again, uh, I don't like making assumptions because I wasn't there. So it could have been, fuck, could have been some little toy gun or something. You, no, Taylor told me. Taylor yeah. was talking to me about it. You, you never know with like, the media. No, they did uh, my, my point is like, you, you never know with the media. So, but, but yeah. that just makes them look even like worse because these guys are just doing what they, they're standing up for what they believe in and their very livelihoods depend on it. Let's not yeah. forget that we, I mean, we spoke about in our last episode, Sacred Cow, but you, it, majority of the world, the, the third world, literally uh, literally requires animal-based living and food for their livelihoods too. So yes. it has an impact on the rest of the world as well. So by reduce by just assuming that all meat's bad, you creating this chain of events that ripples throughout the third world as well. And those people more than us need it because they don't have healthcare and the only nutrients they're getting is from animal based products. So it has a ripple effect on everything, basically. And it's not just, you know, your first world country, it affects everything because uh, you start traveling to South Africa now, you go on a safari and then everyone starts going vegan. The locals there that cultivate the beef that have been doing that for hundreds of years start not getting any income because no one's eating beef anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? So this, yeah, it the has tourist, it ha the tourist industry. It has a ripple effect on everything. And yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're in a third world country, you don't have the option let's say you're coming from a really poor background in a third world country and you get some money and you go to the store, you're not going to be eating pea protein burgers, right? You're, that's not even, that's not even a thought, right? Yeah. You're trying to get the beef. You're trying to get the chicken. You're trying to get the pork. You're trying to get the nutrients. That's going to like last you yeah. and that, you know, that, Hey, I don't know what I'm eating next. This yeah. is going to last me the longest. This is going to be what I need to get the nutrients I need. Yeah. Um, you have to remember too, Josh, and I hate saying this because it's so true, but you know, there's no money in healthy people, mm. right? Their only money comes from sick people, which is so just like, especially here in like the US with the pharmaceutical industry, but like, it's almost like the big food. No, it's not almost like, it is <laughs> like that the big food and big pharma like work together. It's like, okay, I can make the most profit by putting out the shittiest, most, um, like un, uh, less, less amount of nutrients ever. This is then going to cause for people to have more mental illness, more issues, not get the proper nutrition. Okay. Then they're going to come to you guys and they're going to want more like, you know, anti-anxiety, anti-depression because they're not getting the nutrients they need. It's like feeding each other. Mm. And it's just, it's, it's just so messed up. Yeah. Um, it's so messed up. It does. It, it feeds each other. Um, I think, I think it, it fits perfectly. It, it just fits when, once you in that perpetual cycle of being sick, eating shit, being sick, it's very hard to get out of it, but we are here to tell you that you can, they, yeah. you can get out of the cycle and 
it, it's not easy, but it's so liberating. Like, because once you, once you get out and you observe it from, you, you realize how fucked the system is. Yeah. Like you realize how <laughs> no one, no one, I just realized how no one gave a fuck about me. Like maybe on like a very, like, it's it's kind of goes back to that thing when you go to a doctor here in america and they say oh i'll put you on this drug mm. before asking any questions into your diet your lifestyle what are you doing on your own to make yourself better are you getting enough nutrients should we see how many nutrients you're getting are you deficient in things no i'm just going to put you on an antidepressant mm. and i have had like anti-anxiety pills um given to me that are like and mostly used for like flying but like it's like no one was like, Hey, you can do meditation before you go, mm. or you can try doing this, you know, like there, it, it's very single. It's just giving a pill, honestly. Yeah. Like it's kind of the relationship is like, here's a pill for that. Yeah. And it's easier. It's the easiest thing to do now. It's and shame. I do feel for a lot of doctors because I think they're overwhelmed and overrun and they don't have time to they don't, it's not an excuse, but they don't have time to read up on the latest studies on the carnivore diets and low carb diets. And they just so entrenched in their, in their own livelihoods that they just, but, but it, it, the, it, I mean, you should do no harm first, you know, that's the code of, of a doctor. So your, everything has a price and, and those quick fix, quick fix medicines are doing something, but it has a price. It definitely has a price to it. Like it may work and it may be temporary. I'm not doubting that. I think modern medicine is amazing, but long-term it's, it, it's going to do something to you. So long-term, the only thing you can do is take control of your diet and, and yeah. Yeah. Well, what happens when you have really bad anxiety and depression and then you get pregnant, this is a good example and you can't take anything. Hmm. what happens when well, you sure rely some on something do. i'm sure some people well, yeah. just say fuck it and just actually take it and then who knows what yeah who knows what but all i'm saying is that there are going to be situations especially as a woman if you do want to have kids right where like mm. you're gonna have to you know not not take that stuff and you're gonna have to be strong on your own and get to the point where you feel confident you know not having to rely on something because you know you're worried about the future of your kid or mm. what have you. But I do think though, the pharmaceutical thing is so interesting because now they're doing studies on fish <laughs> where they are finding that fish are actually testing positive for having certain um, chemicals in them that come directly from pharmaceuticals. <laughs> and I was like, Jeez. oh my God, because if you think about it, what happens is you pee them out into yeah. the toilet. Yeah. And then those eventually get filtered into like the oceans and stuff. And so now they're finding, it's like now they're finding microplastics in people's blood. They're finding pharmaceuticals in fish. And then they're also finding levels of glyphosate in people's pee. And people like don't think like, it's just like shit's happening, man. Like, <laughs> like but things I mean, are not going well. You got to be drug. aware. Yeah, I can take a drug for that, Connor. Hey, I can just, uh, I'm sure some drug will sort me out. But that that's the that's the narrative. Hey, it's like people sort of expect 
these experts to uh, give them something that will take care of that. You know, hospitals are seen as this institution that you can just rely on. And I don't think you can. I, I think for certain cases, like your arms being cut off, your legs broken, surgery, that's good, like cool. But yeah, for acute acute things and chronic problems, it's probably best you look somewhere else. Uh, obviously, I'm not a doctor and I don't pretend to be one, but it's probably best you you consult with maybe a doctor that is integrative and he, he functional, he, he a or functional she, doctor. Yeah, yeah, he or she looks at uh, a variety of fa- things and maybe they wean you onto something, wean you off it, but it's never just as simple as giving you a pull or yeah. Cause no, totally. Uh, f- uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. It's just, it's just such a gnarly, it's just such a gnarly thing. And there are people that'll be like, Oh yeah. Well, like, you know, this helped me. And it's like, I'm sure it did. We're not saying it doesn't, but there's no. so many other things that maybe people don't know about that can also help, mm. um, you know, for, for that thing. I mean, I think for you, you had like a bunch of stuff going on, but before carnivore, like I, like I was at the point where I was going to like stomach specialists mm. and they were going to do like a colonoscopy and potentially a biopsy, um, to see what was going on with my gut. Cause I was taking, um, Tums every night and I was just in constant pain with my stomach. And and that's literally blocking the, the acid in your stomach, which is yeah. the thing, thing you need you most need. on carnivore, yeah, especially you're... because you're digesting yeah. meats. You you digesting a yeah yeah. I, I couldn't agree so more. It's, it's weird though because like then you think about that and you're like, well, what else? Because you see of all these people that go off of all these drugs and you know have things reversed, and it's it's astounding and it's kind of scary. It's almost mm-hmm. like shocking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's crazy. Wow. Um, I was going to say, I, I recently, I went to Croatia for a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was super, super fun. But my big takeaway from there was, and I think Amber Hearn actually said this, but people assume the Mediterranean diet is this diet of like whole grains and fish and wrong the Medi- actual mediterranean diet looks more like yeah. uh meat um okay you've got like you've got like good quality bread but it's it's a lot of uh like processed meats um cured meats that's probably a better way to describe it cured meats yeah um uh bread seafood things like that but it it blew my mind because croatia most places that I went to was very accommodating to a carnivore. So if you're traveling Europe, you know, you, you assume that it's very hard to stick to your diet, but it was actually pretty easy. I have a question for you about Croatians. Yeah. Are Croatians, um, on average, would you say, did you see a lot of overweight people? No. I'm always just, I always ask that because. I saw a few on the beach, but I don't even know if they were Croatians. I think they were probably on holiday. Tourists. Americans. In general, no, <laughs> in, in general, very tall, uh, very tall, muscular, good-looking people. Basically, that's what a, a typical creation I would describe as. But I found that really interesting. Again, like just linking up everything we've been speaking about—the propaganda yeah. and things like that. Oh, the Mediterranean diet, blue zones, 
no cured cured meats specifically lots of cured meats um uh i enjoyed eggs every day okay we had our own apartment but i was cooking eggs putting some like salami and things in there it was it was it was great i had a good time i and did I see one bread. photo by the way yeah yeah, yeah. so i, I want some... to ask you about this the bread in europe i just want to tell you like <laughs> i could eat bread in europe no problem, yeah. no issues because of how it's processed and how they're allowed to process it. Mm. Here in America, no. It's like like unless bread. it's like gluten-free <laughs> organic shit, yeah. it's like poison, yeah. literally. But tell me about what you had that was bread. Well, I will just say that that it's the worst I've eaten in consecutive days for over three years, I would say. Well, since wow. I started, okay. yeah, so okay. it, it was pretty bad. I, I, I was, we arrived on the Thursday. I had like bread in the evening. The second day we went out, I was drinking wine, drinking some vodka. So I got, got pretty oh. drunk as well for the first time. In a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so naturally when you're drinking, I mean, listen, you need some carbs and you're drinking. Uh, I don't care who I you do. are but I yeah. cannot drink without carbs. Otherwise things start going very south very quickly. <laughs> Fun Josh comes out. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, I just enjoyed myself, but I must be honest, I felt the wrath when I got back. I, I didn't, I, my body was like, hey, you, you've been doing some shits. Like, <laughs> let's, let's get back to baseline. Um, but it was a great experience and I'm glad I got to do that, but I'm also, every time that happens, I just miss my routine. I miss eating the way I do. And that's, I think it's just a testament to the way we've been living for so long now. So I know oh, you've, yeah. you've had some of the experiences, hey, with, with going to like a festival or, or something yeah. like that, like, so everyone can agree. I mean, yeah, my biggest thing is that I'm just dumb. Like, honestly, I'm just <laughs> stupid. Like after I eat gluten and I'm exposed to so many different things, um, like sugar and whatever is in there, but I'm literally like, I'm dumb. Like, and that's my biggest thing is like, I don't like, and I'm like, no wonder why there's like so many mentally disturbed people. Mm. It's just like, mm. I am mentally disturbed when I go through like three days of eating like shit. Mm. Like people mm. do this every day. Like, I can't even imagine how I would feel. Yeah. You know? it, not even so, like the dumb part, but I'm saying mm. like, just not feeling good. Cause yeah. I definitely like, don't feel like myself. Like I feel very off and like weird. Yeah. yeah. People, people get people so sick that it's become normal. It's, it's, but once you, I swear, like once you've tasted the, the sort of essence of what it is to be in like a state of, let's just say ketosis or being animal based, it, it's so hard to go back. It's so difficult. Yeah. It's like you've tasted this thing, this free thing that you've been doing that's given you all of this energy and vitality. And now when you start going back to your old ways, it's taken away from you. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about uh, self empowerment or transformation is that once you've experienced something, it's, it's super hard to go back to the way things were. Do you know what I'm Once saying? Once you've experienced something powerful, powerful is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And like the hardest thing right now is that if there's an overwhelming smell in my kitchen, like I told you about the eggs, cause that gets pretty overwhelming when you cook them in the kitchen. I'm like gonna throw up now just thinking about this, but. 
interesting. Taylor cooked us two steaks last night and I had to sit outside the whole time. And these are ribeyes, something I absolutely love. Yeah. Yeah. For, I'm getting a little saliva buildup right okay. now. For whatever <laughs> reason, I know, for whatever reason, when we cook something that's overwhelming in terms of like smell in our house, it just really grosses me out. Like I cannot sit down now and eat a 10 ounce steak. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I can't, even if it's an amazing ribeye, even if it's cooked perfectly, yeah. like yeah. I, it's so weird, but I can't. It is like mm-hmm. the most frustrating thing probably about this whole thing. Cause all I want to eat is steak mm-hmm. and then I'll get one and I'll eat like maybe half. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just be like, it's just, it's just too much of one thing. Yeah. And it's not that my body's like craving other things. It's just literally my body's like, like, I'm kind of like, oh, like I'll have a burger patty and then I'll be like, okay, I'm good with that. Yeah. What is there a hot dog? Is there like something else? And like, you, do you, know so, what I mean? you were so used to sort of like uh, having a big meal and having that full you for like, what, 10 hours. And now it's yeah. kind of like these smaller meals over yeah and like weird things gross yeah. me out like it's so and it's like yeah. when they're cooked in my house it's worse and it just bums me out because like now is the time where like i really just want to be eating steak yeah like i don't want to overcomplicate things i want to take eight minutes and maybe cook two steaks and have dinner and call it a night and now i'm like oh so now i want like a <laughs> a different type of meat <laughs> Yeah, and I want like like sauerkraut with it, and then something because remember my digestion is like all mm. weird, and then I'm starting my day with carbs, mm. and then the carbs back you up more because mm. you're not sticking to carnivore, and then you're like, okay, like when am I gonna, you know? Anyway, yeah. but it's just one of those weird things. That's that's like the weirdest thing I think recently that I thought was gonna be um, like back to normal. And remember, like this didn't start till like I was ten weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. So like I was eating a steak a day, eggs a day, like carnivore fully, no problem. And then all of a sudden it's like, so we'll see. I hope it goes away like really soon. Yeah, but it I might, think that's it might like, just have the same. It might just be one day you just like you. It, you might not see it coming. You might just be like, oh, I feel like a steak, and oh wow, I ate the whole steak. Cool. Yeah. One of those situations. Ground beef tends to be what is my go-to right now. That's interesting. That's Which interesting. is before was yeah. never my go-to <laughs> I, I i have heard i mean specifically for my, for my mom who's now quite a long-term carnival in her late 60s no early 60s but she prefers ground beef at night specifically because it helps with her digestion she can't eat a big steak she actually much prefers the ground beef so I think there, there could be something to that for anyone who's listening and like yourself, like if you're struggling with digestion, maybe ground beef's the way to go for for a period of time because the steak is maybe just a bit yeah. too hard to digest, you know, your stomach. And now I have to the... make, now I have to make deviled eggs in order to eat them. Ah, uh, yeah. So like, that's kind of funny. <laughs> so I'm now like taking a really long time to make eggs because I'm yeah. like boiling them and then like cutting been, them up and then i've been doing that a lot now as well i've been i love really them enjoying like soft boiled eggs which i i never used yeah. to have but I, I don't know where it's come from there's no smell the smell's not as bad yeah. so that's like for me like the smell just kind of is like and it fills it fills you up i find quicker yeah. so normally i can eat like eight eggs if they scrambled like i'll just gobble up eight eggs like it's nothing if it's a boiled egg, I eat one and I'm like, 
damn it's a process like that was i'm full like it was one egg. yeah i was like what the fuck i'm full. wait that is really weird now that i it think about strange. it you think some you. of the fat is cooked out of it when it's not boiled because no, it's not kept in the shell know, or something that's it i mean a i don't question. i'm not against it but like literally like i told you on planes like i always have boiled eggs with me and everyone wants to kill me yeah because i'll crack them open and they'll be like no fucking way does this girl i'm like <laughs> like break it on the thing but, but um <laughs> I do love like in Norway when we visited, it was literally like you'd have what they'd eat for breakfast is fresh, fresh, fresh Norwegian salmon, like lox. Mm. I still love lox in the morning. And then like you'd have like two deviled eggs or sorry, mm. two hard boiled eggs yeah. for breakfast. Yeah. And that would like fill you up. And like usually they'll have like toast or something with it. Um, but like that's not that's I feel like that's not too bad in terms of like what nutrients you're getting like yeah maybe you won't use the bread mm-hmm. but like the boiled eggs and the lox like I eat tons of lox right now which some of my friends are like you're eating lox in the morning and you're pregnant like I think I would throw up immediately and I was like I guess, like, I don't you've know maybe reversed, you reversed the, I know <laughs> the, the, the throwing up uh paradigm there yeah oh totally but I want burgers like all the time like if I could have like uh, just burger meat, because for some yeah. reason it's less, I don't know, dude. Have you it's tried weird. that in the morning? Have you tried the burger meat in the morning? Instead of the I have burger? not. I think what I'm going to start with is maybe mm. boiled eggs. I think I'm going to try to just like tomorrow, instead of like, if I feel sick, I'm just going to have a boiled egg and yeah. I'm going to see how that goes. Yeah. Well, let me know. I hope I don't throw up everywhere. But <laughs> Just send me a thumbs up or a thumbs on tomorrow on this emoji and in the morning I'll, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll send you a throw up one or not okay well you can do that <laughs> but yeah boiled eggs might be like uh, uh my my thing during okay. this pregnancy i guess because i i need i feel like i need more stuff mm. like i just feel like i need more nutrients yeah. or more amount sorry Listen bigger bigger quantities yeah. like i just feel like i'm so used to big quantities so like mm. when i don't get big quantities but anyway um we do have by the way i did have my dutch friend who was in town for Mm -hmm. like he was in town for a week and then he went to portland for a week Mm -hmm. um so he was here and kind of funny but like i cannot do cologne i cannot stand cologne like even before being pregnant he we pick him up from the airport and he gets in our car and guess what he smells like just a big old waff of something cologne and cigarettes because i forgot he smoked oh no and so i'm in the car and we have to go on like the main you know highway right like the freeway mm-hmm. and so you can't really roll on the windows but like i had the windows rolled down like up into the point where taylor like had to tell me to close them <laughs> you know and i'm just so and then he used to he was here and um basically one morning i woke up and i just woke up to just it came through the air vents because we sleep with the air conditioning on. Mm-hmm. He would spray himself eight times every morning. So the first time he was staying with Jeez. us and he sprayed himself, it woke me up in the morning and I just wanted to throw up everywhere because it came into the air vents because it circulates. Oh um, I had to go up to him and I'm sorry, Jan, if you're listening, but I had to go up to him and ask really nicely and say, hey, like I, I can't have you using cologne in our house. 
Like I straight up just had to say, like, I get really sick. Like I just, I can't, it, it physically just like messes me up. And this is before and pregnancy as well, right? This is before pregnancy yeah. as well. Like yeah, yeah. it wouldn't have been as bad, but when I'm pregnant and no, it's, it's, like morning, worse. Like it's, yeah. it's worse, but yeah. it was the funniest thing, but, um, I'm still trying to get the smell of cologne out of my guest bathroom. Oh my God. <laughs> So, uh, Stuff is to anyone that uses cologne or perfume, just know that like, not even for other people, I mean, good God, don't spray yourself eight times. Like if you have to put something, put it on your <laughs> wrist and maybe go like this and then be done. Yeah. But like, just know that like, if you spray yourself with a lot of cologne or like perfume, anything that you think you can't smell, like it's like tenfold for people that are like around you. So yeah. like just yeah. a heads up, like. Yeah. Especially for like college students going into like a classroom mm -hmm. or like high school. Like I remember the girls would just like douse themselves and you'd be stuck in a classroom. But all I'm saying is that they're endocrine disruptors. They really mess with your body and your system. Mm -hmm. um, and they're also like just, they're full of chemicals that really mess you up yeah. um, and can mess with your hormones as well. Yeah. So just a heads up, um, <laughs> not even for me, <laughs> but just for like, yourself like probably toss your uh probably toss your perfume yeah um, think, of, think about others before dosing yourself with a shitload of cologne yeah oh my god but yeah anyways he took it really well but like <laughs> i'm just letting you know i'm still getting out the smell so um yeah cool well that was super super fun anything else you want to bring up on today's episode um, no, I think that if people want to look into, um, what's going on in the Netherlands, um, if this was going on in my country, I would definitely be freaking out and I would be very vocal about it. Um, so, you know, just look into it because mm -hmm. it is a scary thought. This could also happen to your country, yeah. um, especially if you live in Europe, but, um, yeah, that's everyone have, like, that's why you guys have guns. So there we go. Guns, guns for a reason. Lots of guns, <laughs> lots of guns. So I can't take away our beef. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, definitely like, and subscribe, um, you know, to this episode, make sure to listen to our sacred cow episode, which we already released last. Um, that's also going into a lot, but um, thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll come out with another episode very soon. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.